Yeah, a lot of pain going on at the moment. I was up Swindon last week actually watching the Rovers. That was a bit of bit of fun. That was interesting. So pain all all round. United Rovers. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, it's good to be with you. I apologise if I'm I'm a bit of a mover um, uh, in in terms of preaching. Well, I do like a dance as well. Um, so sorry, because I've been told to try and stay relatively central. However, you might notice that I'm slightly follically challenged. That's it, good man, whoever's done that right now. Close that curtain, because the light is going to bounce off my head and blind you all. So I apologise for that as well. I don't mean to come here. What did you do? Oh, yeah, but this, this guy who came and just blinded us all with his boldness. There we go. Oh, no, that's me. Don't worry, it's cool. There you go, that's perfect. Thank you very much. So I don't want you to... Been given the reading to preach from today, so I will uh, do. I will read that, and then um, we'll start. So we're looking to do a bit about adventure and um, Jesus feeding the five thousand. Mark chapter six, verses thirty to forty-four. So I'll read that. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even, even to eat. They went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them and they hurried there on foot from all towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, "Uh, five loaves and two small fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves. And he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. Wow. A famous passage in the Bible, as we, I'm sure you all know. One that we can kind of talk about and then just go, yeah, I know that story. You know, we know that one. Let's move on to something else. Let me just pray and then let's just, um, uh, let me just share a little bit more about that. Some thoughts and reflections. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that you are God. You are God. You are a miraculous, loving, affirming God. Lord, I pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will speak to us. 
collectively and individually. We ask that we will shine for you. That when people see us, they see you. Oh God, speak for us, your servants. We are listening. Amen. So, it's, we're looking a bit about adventure, and I thought it's quite an interesting passage to choose when you're talking about adventure at first, and the more I looked at it, I was like, actually, no, this makes a lot of sense. I mean, who likes to go on adventures? Do you like to? I mean, sometimes just going to the shop is an adventure enough for me, and I don't think maybe if you find that as well. Um, Certainly the transition from having um, no kids to kids, definitely the transition to just popping out to the shop is most definitely an adventure. And if you've never seen the Michael McIntyre, um, a little stand-up sketch about that, then I recommend you, you do that. Um, so here we are. This is a, a, a famous passage in the Bible where Jesus feeding um, the five fowls. I mean, really, he fed more than that because really it, it, they were just counting the men, but there was children, there'd be women, there'd be all, many more people than that there. Probably around 15 to 20,000 really is what we're looking at. And we see how Jesus provides. Jesus provides. But I'd love it, if you don't mind, just for a short time, to come with me into the passage a little bit more. To make it a little bit more relevant. Hopefully, I like to sort of dive into the passage. and I like to kind of imagine, my, immerse myself within it. Okay, so I hope you don't mind just bearing with me a moment. As, but, but come with me on it, okay? Come, let's, let's do this together. Okay. Now, first, you need to remember, of course, Jesus is mourning. Jesus is, is mourning. Also, it's called John the Baptist, who had just been beheaded. He had been beheaded. Now, I don't know about you, but if you have lost someone dear to you, then the last thing you want to be doing quite often, well, maybe, well, maybe I can speak for myself, is, is, is hanging out with a load of people, is having to do work. Uh, it, there was a period in my life where I seemed to just lose quite a few friends through, um, diff- through uh, lots of different things, um, which were pretty tragic, some were very tragic and upsetting and shocking and unexpected. And, I, and the last thing you want to do is, is go out and work when you're mourning the death of a loved one. But Jesus, as we see in the passage, he just shows compassion and great love for his people, despite how he's, he's probably feeling. And so now I want you to picture... It's been hot. It's been a long day. You know, imagine those, you know, those two weeks in the summer that we get that are really, really hot. Okay, so imagine we're right in the middle of those two weeks. Okay, and we've got nothing, you know, it's, it's been a long day's work. Okay, or it's been a hard day's night. See, I can't sing. No, you're giftings. Okay, thankfully, wonderful people, talented people who can play music, music and sing, wonderful. But um, I'm tone deaf, definitely. I, I know that that is certainly not a gifting of mine. Okay, but what I want you to do is just imagine this. Okay, so it's really hot. You just, the last thing you want to do is you want to you go off somewhere maybe. You want to get, they're hungry. They want some food. Okay, you know what it's like when you're starving, hungry. So can you, yeah, really hungry. Okay, yeah, I need some food. Now, there's probably this little subcommittee forming within the disciples, and they're trying to think, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking Peter personally, okay, but they're thinking, look, right, big man, 
He's been amazing today. Big man, me and Jesus, all right? Okay, he's been fantastic today. I've been really impressed with him. Wasn't he good? But um, anybody else hungry? And they're all going, yeah, yo, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a McDonald's? Obviously, there's no McDonald's there, okay? Maybe Nando's. No, there wasn't even a Nando's there. But they'd be like, yeah, should we go? I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Okay, all right. Um, so what are we going to do? And as we see, it's been, and we know because in verse 35 it says about as evening approached. So it was the end of the day. So they get a spokesman. I know. And again, I said, probably Peter, why don't you go and speak to Jesus? Tell him we're all hungry, right? And then we can all just go off home. Because, you know, that, that, you do it. That would be a really good idea. And um, you can imagine going, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll do that. So they go off. And so, what, so he goes off. Verse 36. Here we go. Um, and he basically is going to, we'll go off. We'll tell Jesus what to do. Bless him. He's tired. He's a bit down. We know what's best. So we'll tell him what to do. Do you ever get like that at all in your faith? You know, you sometimes you think, well, come on, Lord. I know best. I think I'll make this. I'm, I'll do it my way today. I do that. It, doesn't, it never ends well. never ends well. It doesn't end well. And so off he goes. And the spokesman off he goes to speak with Jesus. And he's like, go on, you should let them all go now. Can you let this crowd go? It's, we're tired. We want to go home. That's fair enough, though. They've been working all day. It's hot. They're hungry. They're tired. I repeat myself, but actually, joking aside, it's important to fully understand this and to understand where they're at because it's so easy just to just kind of read that and just get onto the main bit. Because, and the reason why is because this sometimes certain things, certain verses get missed in scripture because we like to get to the main bit. Verse 37 for me is key. So verse 36, send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. Basically saying, we don't want to help them. We can't be bothered now. We've done our bit. We've, we've done our nine to five. That's it. I'm done now. Verse 37. Oh, Jesus, absolute legend, isn't he? Isn't he just brilliant? Verse 37, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. Can you imagine it's all walk up to each probably feeling very confident, and then he gets that Jesus response, you give them something to eat. What? So, anyone ever see Forty Towers? I kind of picture Manuel, you know, so, but looking very confused if you do Forty Towers. What? Hey? He couldn't see us from Barcelona because he wasn't. But he's, and, and he's getting really confused. And can you imagine he's then suddenly got to go and tell the other fellas back there that actually, you know, they want to know, well, can we go now? Can we go? Could you imagine that as he's going back? Jesus says, you give them something to eat. So off walks Peter back. How am I going to tell the boys this? I've got no idea what's going to, what, how they were going to respond to this. And they're like, right, yeah, oh, I cannot wait. Oh, what are you going to have? I'm going to have the Big Mac. Oh, do you know they go large? Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. And he goes back and he knows they're excited. And he goes, so, can we go? No. What? Well, what does he want us to do? We're really tired. I, and some of them be like, I just want to go to bed. No, um, he told us that we've, we've got to feed them. <laughs> Can you imagine being in that situation? That is, men, that is madness. That is crazy, isn't it? it but it, it really is. It's impossible from a human perspective to be able to do this. And then they go, it goes on to say, doesn't it, 38? And he said to him, how many loaves have you got? <laughs> Five loaves and two small fish. 
I don't know about you, I love my food. That would not even feed me. Okay, so let alone 5, 10, 15, potentially 20,000 people. Just take a, and, and here they go, and they go, how many loaves have you go and see? When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Can you imagine their faces? They're sitting down. Cool, have you seen that? Have you not gone like to Cabot Circles or place over to a restaurant and had a quick look in? Cool, have you look how many people's in there? We'll, we'll miss that one. We won't go. They're looking and they're seeing all these people expecting to be fed. But we've only got five loaves and two small fish. This is impossible. Uh-huh. But nothing is impossible for Jesus. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. And can you imagine this? This was brilliant. Don't worry. This is the... I love this. Could you imagine as they're taking the bread and they start giving it out? But one, two, yeah, three, four, five. It took me three attempts to get my maths, but I got there in the end. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, let's go home. Eight, Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six. And it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. And do you know what? They had so much left. Sorry about that, I just went for a little walk. They had so much left over that they could take little doggy bags back with them. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that lovely? Wasn't that fantastic? Amazing. And do you know what the key to this whole passage is, very simply? As Jesus, Jesus blessed this. None of this could have happened without Jesus. Right? Let's make that very clear. I don't want to be mis- misinterpreted here. None of this could have happened without Jesus. Jesus, as it was, he blessed He blessed the food. Okay, but the miracle, where did the miracle happen? Where did the miracle happen? No. In the hands of the sinner. The miracle happened in the hands of the sinner. Not by anything that they had done necessarily, that it would have been blessed by Jesus. None of this could have happened without Jesus. Right? But I don't read Jesus Jesus was the one that gave out the bread, did you? No. I read the disciples gave it out. The miracle happened in the hands of you and me, a sinner. But they were obedient. I love the fact right at the beginning of that, you know, in Jesus' tiredness and, and, um, and his sadness of mourning that he had compassion. He still had compassion on those people. And yet he still was able to challenge his disciples. He had compassion and yet also he was still willing to challenge. I love how Jesus tells them, you are going to do it. You are going to do it. You're going to do it. We're talking about adventures. There's no greater adventure than walking hand in hand with our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The miracle happened in the hand of a sinner. Very simply put, but I think how powerful is that? How amazing is that? Because then that surely means us as being children of God that have his Holy Spirit that lives and dwells within each one of us. 
Could we not expect to see some miracles happen here in Hallfield, here in Lockleys, here in Bristol, here in the, the wider city? Well, I think we can. Do you? Yeah. In the the disciples, what I also love, what I love about the disciples, right, is in their doubting. I know I was kind of a bit jovial about it all, but I honestly think there must have been some truth within there as well. Forget the McDonald's and Nando's, but they would have surely been quite, wouldn't they? I would have definitely, definitely. And despite their questioning, despite their disciples' uncertainty, despite their lack of faith, they still obeyed, didn't they? They still obeyed. I love that. I think that is so powerful. Despite all their, their doubts, their uncertainties about this, they were tired. They wanted to go home. They wanted food. They wanted to go to bed. They had done their, their day's work, as it were. But Jesus reminded them, no, no, this is 24-7 when you're with me. This is 24-7. I, lo- I don't know about you, but how many times do you say to God... I, we, I can't do that. I can't do that. I want you to go and step out and challenge that person in love. I want you to go out and, and, and do whatever it is. I want you to go out and, and try and find £65,000 in a church that has next to no money to raise, to raise money for a cabin. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since I had hair, but trust me, if in the last 18 months it would have gone anyway, so it's fine. But I don't think it, it has to be as big as that as well. What about just that text of that person when you're really tired? And let's be honest, when you can't be bothered, we're all there to go, cool, I didn't text that person to see how they're doing today. I didn't visit that person. I didn't email, whatever it is you do. I didn't check in on that person today. Do it. Because you don't know how much that little text, that little message, that phone call, the email, whatever it is, could mean to that, per- to that person. You know, quite often we feel, I don't know about you, but I tend to feel, I know when it's, how, how do you know it's of God then, Rob? How do you know this is of God? When is it of God? You know, every day I do my best to try and pray two things. Ephesians 6 with the armour of God. Prepare myself. That he'll prepare. And the other one is that, Lord, may you give me the spirit of discernment to discern what is of you and what is not. Because nobody wants to hear or see of Rob Smith. But what we do want to hear and see of is you. Oh, I get it wrong every day. (laughs) But God knows your heart. He knows my heart. You know, what I've learned in my time at Lockleys so far, actually, as I reflect, is that we love, well, firstly, we love Lockleys. We love being called to serving there. It's a wonderful community. But when we're deciding whether we can or can't do something, 
I wonder whether sometimes it's because we look at things instead of looking into things. Right? We, we look at things instead of looking into things. On my street where I live, where we live, with our two small children, are five drug dealers. Right? And we live, it's a bit, you know, it's, and, and, and we're one end, they're the other. And it was, it was challenging at first, to be it was fair to say, wasn't it, in terms of getting our heads around this and the concept. And I'm like, oh, Lord, we brought our, brought our six and four-year-old at the time here, wherever they were, that sort of age, wasn't it? Yeah, good. <laughs> um, and I thought, what, what are, you know, what's happening? But in that time, you know, it's been a challenge at times, but it's also we've seen some great fruit and blessing, and it's a really wonderful street and full of lots of lovely, lovely people. But you know what? This passage challenges me at how I look at them as well. They're not. And I think this, backs up, this helps with my point. But how often we look at things instead of looking into things. If I look at them, I look at some of them, they're drug dealers. They, they, that, that annoys me. That's what that, if I look at it. But if I look into things, they have a story. They're a person. No better, no worse than me. You know, we're all designed, and we all desire to be loved, right? Unfortunately, some people have been shown the wrong way to love. They've been shown love in the wrong way. And it has a detrimental effect on so many people. And it's not until they find and see Jesus that they can be set free from that. And it's why it's so important for us as followers of Jesus. Churches wanting to work together under the same God. Is that we stop looking at things, but we look into things. Jesus saw a need. He didn't just see Pete, but he saw a need. He saw that heart. And he fed them, not with just bread. But he fed them with what was to come. No greater love than what was to be seen when he went on that cross and he died for you and for me. It doesn't say that Jesus died for some, does it? Jesus didn't say, I died for some of you, but you drugs, nervous. No. Actually, yeah, he did. He died for us all. And people aren't to be defined by what they are, by, by what they maybe do, what the world tells them they are. They are loved and of value and of worth, just like you are, and just like I am, under the eyes and love of God. Jesus, He wants to take our time. Our fears, our anxieties, worries, gifts, talents, sense of humor. And he holds them before the Father like he held that, that bread and that wine and he blesses it. He wants to bless it and give it back to you. And say, so that other people can hear and see and taste that the Lord is good. Maybe today you're sat here thinking... I've nothing to give. I'm tired. I've ran my race. I'm not quite that sort of same person I was that I used to be. I'm struggling. Maybe you're even struggling in your faith today as you come here. 
Do you know, being a follower of Christ is like no other adventure. It's the ultimate adventure. And I don't know if you've been on adventures before. You can get lost. You may not know what happens. And hopefully most of the time you get to the destination you were supposed to get to. Um, if you're anything like me, that doesn't sometimes always happen. Uh, <laughs> but what I love about, what I know about being on an adventure with Jesus, right, what I know about this is that we may not always fully know exactly everything that's going to go on and happen. But what I am, what we are, are, in how many hours did I get in one sentence there? Is that we are in the hands of the one true and almighty God. We know that one day he's going to come back victorious and claim the final victory. We live in that hope of Resurrection Sunday, as it were. And that's why we can keep going. Because we can live in that hope of Jesus and, his, it, and him coming back, that final victory. So if you're feeling like that today, as I, as, I've, as I come to close, Jesus says to you, don't worry if you're tired. If you can't do it, don't worry, because actually you can't. I can't. We can't do everything in our own strength. But Jesus says, in mine, yes, you can. Yes, you can. He says, don't forget, I know you by name. And <laughs> I know the hairs on your head, yeah, funny, thank you. <laughs> Come to me, rest in me, be blessed by me, trust in me, and don't underestimate what I can do through you. So take my hands, says the Lord, and I will bless you, I will strengthen you, I will give you hope. Through my spirit dwelling in you, you will see miracles happen. God knows your heart. God knows your heart's desires. And he wants to bless you. So as we draw closer to Christ, people of Ebby, St. Mary's, St. James, as we draw closer to him, like with any relationship, as you get to know someone, you get, as you develop a relationship so you get to know them more so as we get closer to God and develop our relationship with him we will know him more we will see him more and we will see his kingdom come and who wants to see that on earth like it is in heaven It's exciting. It's scary. It's the best thing ever to be in relationship with Jesus. Where are you in your relationship with Jesus? How close are you with him? I know that when I'm maybe not doing so well, more of the Rob Smith comes out, which isn't always good, particularly if I'm watching Man United, especially the way they're playing at the moment. But that I respond more, I respond better the when I'm spending more time with Jesus. And as I say, as I, as I say to our church, and I'll say it here today, you know, things are going to get thrown at us. 
I, I see it a bit like a tennis match. I'm not sure if any of you like tennis. I enjoy a bit of a game of tennis. Okay. And what we're to do, and what Jesus wants us to do, and what he was teaching the disciples in that feeding of the 5,000 plus, I want you to return back everything that comes to you with grace. You may not quite know how it's going to come. Maybe it's going to be, it'd be quite easy for you. Sometimes you feel like you're just strolling through and that's okay. You can be content and things like that. There's a period of time for that. No problem. And then maybe, but sometimes in life, someone tries to be a bit cheeky and does a little drop shot and just catches you off guard, doesn't it? Like, oh, got to get there. Return back with grace. And then maybe you've fallen on the floor trying to reach something. Life's getting a bit hard, a bit difficult. And the ball's up in the air and this guy can see it, you can see it. And he's going to smash it or she's going to smash it down. And you're like, oh no. I'm down, I'm out, I don't know what to do. And Jesus reminds you, I'm with you. He said, okay, get back up. I've got the racket with you. We're going to return this with grace. It might hurt a bit, but we're going to return it back with grace. And you see what I will do through that return. I love sharing and sort of saying that with my church family. I share that with you. Whatever you get thrown, return it back with the love of Jesus. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's really hard. But what, that, what we're returning to, returning back to, is Jesus. And there, as we return back, that's where you will also see miracles happen. So should we just take a moment? Is that all right? Just take a moment just to be still and quiet. And just draw closer. Take this opportunity just to come back to God. Maybe you've been looking at things instead of looking into things. Maybe you've been doubting what you can or can't do. Or more importantly, maybe you've been doubting what Jesus can do through you. Maybe we've been putting him in a box. And it's time to let him out of that box because that's not where Jesus should live or be. Maybe it's time to allow more of him and his spirit in. that we can see more of him and his kingdom being built. We can see more of these of miracles happening. Maybe there's people on your heart right now that don't know the Lord. Maybe there's people struggling with life. Maybe there's people you know and you've been praying for years and years and years and nothing seems to be happening. Have you still got the faith to still keep praying that something will happen, can happen? Lord God, come in power. Come in might. Thank you that where we are weak, you are strong. And I thank you where we are strong, you're even stronger. Forgive us for the times when we have boxed you in. Forgive us for the times when we look at people and not 
into when we look at them instead of looking into them. Thank you, Lord, that you see their heart and you see our heart. Continue, Lord, to transform us from the inside out. Unite us as churches at Ebby, St. Mary's and St. James and others as one family building your kingdom here how you want it to be built. Help us to show compassion, the same compassion that you show to us, Lord God. Thank you that you love us, that you are for us. Thank you that in you all things are possible. Thank you for this time. Amen.